Well, today we're continuing our message series called Keep Your Dream Alive. And in this series, we're studying the life of Joseph. Life of Joseph is, is given the most space of any other, uh, any person in the book of Genesis. It spans the chapters 37 through 50 in the book of Genesis. And as we study Joseph's life, we want to not only learn what happened in his life, but we want to learn principles that show us how God works and how we ought to respond to God. Joseph had an amazing life. In God's Word, the Old Testament is not just ancient stories. The Bible tells us that those were written to instruct us and teach us here and now in the 21st century in St. Louis. Now, our message today is called God-Given Dreams. Joseph is often referred to as a dreamer. Now, there's a, a play that's at the Muni. Joseph in his, what is it, multi-technicolor dream coat. I enjoyed it. It was, you know, loosely based on it. And it was good. And Joseph is often referred to as a, as a dreamer, as if Joseph came up with these dreams. But when we read God's Word, we see that Joseph's dreams weren't things that he came up with. They weren't just dreams that happened because he ate too much pizza. They were God-given dreams. Dreams that came from God. And so God communicated with Joseph through these dreams about what his future would be like. Now when we look back through the, through the book of Genesis... And we're going to be looking at chapter 37 today. When we look back at the earlier chapters, we see God communicating with a number of different people in a number of ways. God communicated with Abraham through a vision. He gave Abraham a vision and spoke to him. God communicated with Abraham's son Isaac and actually appeared to him and spoke to him. God communicated to Joseph's father, Jacob, who was Isaac's son, in a dream. And we're going to look at that dream a little bit today as well. A dream that Joseph's father Jacob had. And finally, he gave a couple of dreams to Joseph. And we're going to look at those today. Now, what about today? Does God communicate with people today? And if so, how does he do it? Now, there's a widespread teaching today that God no longer communicates with people supernaturally. This teaching says that the age of miracles, the age of dreams, the age of visions, the age of spiritual gifts is long past. It ceased when the entire canon of Scripture was written. We can read about it in the Bible, this teaching says, but, you know, that was for times past. God no longer does supernatural things today, they say. Now, this teaching is called cessationism. It says that all supernatural miracles ceased at the end of the apostolic age. And we no longer need God's supernatural power today because we have the Bible. Now with this teaching, the devil still can do supernatural things. He's not limited anymore. But God has chosen not to do anything supernatural in today, today's time. Now the problem with cessationism, which is taught in churches all across America, is that it's not biblical. It's not even close to being biblical. There's not a shred of biblical evidence for it. The Bible was written to show us what God is like and how He interacts with people. And when we read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, what do we see? We see that God is a supernatural God. God does miracles. Now, miracles are not everyday occurrences or they wouldn't be miracles. 
But God does do miracles. And God communicates with people supernaturally from Genesis through Revelation. And the Bible speaks and prophesies that God's supernatural work will continue until Jesus returns. Let's look at our first verse for today. It's Acts 2.17. And you can pull out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline for the message written out with the scriptures here. And on the back has the study guides that you can study for yourself. And we also use in the life group. So I encourage you to, to pull that out and take some notes. Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So what are these last days? In the New Testament, the last days are the time from when Jesus resurrected and went up to heaven, ascended to heaven until he returns again. That is the period of the last days. And so are we living in the last days? Yes, we are. The Bible makes that very clear. We don't have time to go into all the proofs for it, but the New Testament writers understood that they were living in the last days, and we are still living in the last days until Jesus returns. And during that time period, this verse in, in the book of Acts tells us that God will communicate with people supernaturally through prophecy, visions, and dreams. Now, God communicates with people in a number of ways. These distinctly supernatural ways is just one way that God communicates with people. We're going to talk more about all the different ways that God communicates with us. And so when God communicates with us, we must test what he says against the written word of God. When God speaks, he'll never contradict his written word. And so that's one of the tests that we perform to see if God is truly speaking to us. Now, what does God want to communicate to us? Well, God wants to communicate to us his plan and purpose for our lives. God wants to communicate with us his dream for our lives. God has a dream for your life. I'm using that word to describe God's plan and purpose for your life. And he wants you to know what that dream is so that you can live it out. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. As a believer, we should seek to know God's dream for our lives. Now, again, I want to say when I use the word dream here, I'm using it a bit loosely. I'm not just talking about a dream you have at night or a supernatural dream that God gives you. I'm, I'm using it more broadly to speak of any type of way that God communicates with us to give us his dream or plan for our lives. And so before we begin to talk about Joseph's dream for us today, I want us to look back and look at a dream that Joseph's father Jacob had. Here's a little bit of background to the dream. Jacob had an older brother named Esau. And Jacob tricked his father, who was Isaac, into giving him the birthright or blessing. Now, typically, that would have been given to the oldest or eldest son, which was Esau. But Jacob tricked his father into giving him the blessing. Do you think Esau was happy about that? No, he was not. He was very, very angry. In fact, he was so angry that he threatened to kill Jacob. And everybody heard about it, including Joseph's 
uh, I mean Jacob's mother and father. And so they told him, you better get out of here, son, or Esau is going to make short work of you. And so Jacob fled to live with his uncle Laban. So that's kind of the background to this story. And so we need to seek God in times of change. Genesis 28 verse 10 says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. Now Beersheba was where Jacob was living with his family. That's where Jacob was living with Esau. Now let's not gloss over what was happening in Jacob's life. Sometimes we read this stuff and it just, it doesn't compute. I mean, if you've read for the Bible, you just kind of gloss through it. And he had a dream, you know, and we don't understand. We don't put ourselves in the person's situation. What, what must he have been feeling? What must have been going through his mind? His brother was threatening to kill him. And so he was now moving several hundred miles away. And in those days, that was a, a very long distance. That was like another country. And in fact, it was another country. We'll get to that in a minute. He was going to live with his uncle in Haran. And I think for Jacob, this was a serious major change in his life. Leaving his whole family, not under good circumstances, and going off on his own. Do you think Jacob was seeking God? At this time. I believe he was. So God what is going on? My brother is trying to kill me. I'm being sent hundreds of miles away. To live with his uncle. I hardly know. This is not. What I thought my life was going to be like. Jeremiah 29.13 says. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart. Now that's a promise from God. Of course that was written after. Jacob lived. So Jacob didn't know about this promise. But I do believe he learned from his father, Isaac, that if you seek God, God is going to reveal himself to you because God had revealed himself to his father, Isaac. Now, God wants to share his dream for your life with you. God wanted to share his dream for Jacob's life with him. God doesn't want to hide his plans for your life. Some people think God is trying to hide his plans for my life. I, I don't know what to do. No, God wants you to know what to do. Sometimes we don't want to do what God wants us to do. And so we say, I don't know what to do. When we do know what to do, we just don't want to do what God tells us to do. But God wants us to know. He wants to share his dream with us. And we need to seek God. We need to pray. We need to ask him to reveal to us his plan or his dream for our lives. Especially in times of change. We seek God for direction. Now let's look at Jacob's dream. It says he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. That's quite a dream. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. And so, Jacob was on his journey to Haran, and it took him many days. And at the beginning of his journey, he lay down. He was still in the land of Israel. He lay down one night, and he had this dream. This dream in which he saw this heavenly stairway. And at the top was God, and God spoke to him. He spoke to him about his fathers, his father Isaac, 
and Isaac's father Abraham and how God had been with them. And he said he would be with Jacob as well. And he said that the land that I promised to Abraham, your grandfather, I now promise to you. The promise is continuing. I'm not withdrawing the promise. I gave it to Abraham, I gave it to Isaac, and now I'm giving it to you, Jacob. This dream I'm giving to you speaks of your future. It gives you a hope that your life is not over, that your life is not past. Even though your present situation is difficult, even though your brother wants to kill you, even though you have to leave home, you have a future. You have a hope. God encouraged Jacob. He said in verse 15, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. You see, Jacob and his family had been living in Beersheba and that was part of the promised land, the land that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. But now Jacob was being sent to Haran, which was not in the promised land. It was actually part of Assyria. It was way north, hundreds of miles north. Now, how did that fit into God's plan? Well, God told him. God said, I'm going, to pro I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be with you as you journey to this foreign land. And what? I'm going to bring you back to the land of promise. I'm going to bring you back to inherit the promised land. And what does Jacob do? He makes a promise to God. He makes a vow to God. In verse 20, it says, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, will watch over me on this journey I am taking, so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. And so Jacob here says, God, if you keep your promise to me, and I believe that you will, I'm going to worship you as the one true God all the days of my life. And of everything you bless me with, I'm going to give you a tithe. I'm going to give you a tenth. I'm going to honor you with that. And so this God-given dream had a powerful impact on Jacob's life. He was in Haran working for his, his uncle Laban for 14 years. And he could have been discouraged at this time. And maybe he was from time to time until he remembered the dream. And he knew that wasn't the end. He knew God was going to bring him back to his father's house and all would be well. And so we must seek God's dream for our lives. Now, God has a dream for every aspect of your life. Today we're going to look at three the most important parts of life, just to get us thinking about the dreams that God has for us. But there's other things as well. But first of all, God has a dream for your career. That's what you do with the majority of your time. It might be paid work, it might not be paid work. But God has a dream for your career. God has work for everyone to do in life for Him. And that work that God has for you to do includes, includes your work. It's not just what you do on Sunday mornings. It includes all of life. It includes your job for most people. Now, if you're a young person still in school, your education is the, is the first phase of that work that you're going to do in life. Whether you're in middle school, high school, college, or graduate school, that's part of your preparation. And that's your work right now. And God has a dream for you in that.
Now, for those of you who are retired and you're not working actively to earn a living, God still has work for you to do. Or you wouldn't be alive. You wouldn't be here on this earth. God still has a dream for you. Now, that work may be different than what you've done on your job during your, during your working years. In fact, in today's world, unlike 40 years ago, most people will work at a number of different careers during their work life. It's becoming rare and rare for somebody to get out of college, work for a company, and work there for the rest of his life. Or even if you do work for a company, you're going to do a lot of different things. What you start off with is hardly ever what you end up with. And so God wants to guide you in your career. He wants to guide you from place to place, from step to step. And so this morning we want to ask ourselves the question, do, do I see my work as an opportunity to serve the Lord? What is God's dream for me at work? Ask God to show you his dream for your job. I guarantee you it's more than just bringing home a paycheck. That's part of it. We all need money to provide for our families, but God has a bigger dream for you on your job than that. What does God want you to accomplish in your career? Whose lives does he want you to touch? What resources does God want to channel through you to bless others through your career? Ask God to give you greater clarity concerning his dream for your career. Whatever you're doing. And I believe that he will. And so we seek God's dream for our lives. Now God does give dreams when we seek him. We've already seen how God gave an encouraging dream to Joseph's father Jacob. And now let's look at Joseph's dream from God. Chapter 37 of Genesis, verse 5. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. Now let's remind ourselves of, of Joseph's situation. We talked about it last Sunday. Joseph was in a family. We call it a blended family today. He had four mothers in his family. Uh, basically, Jacob had four wives, essentially. And they had, he had 11 brothers and a sister. Joseph had recently given a bad report to his father about his brothers, how they were doing their job tending the sheep. And his father rewarded him by giving him a multi, very special multicolored robe. His 11 brothers didn't appreciate that. They didn't appreciate that Joseph had spoken badly of them. I believe he gave them, his father a true report. They didn't want their father to know what they were doing. And they didn't appreciate that their father had honored him. And so his brothers hated him. And they spoke unkindly to him. Now, we know how old Joseph was. The Bible tells us he was 17. Now, what do you imagine was going through Joseph's mind at age 17 with all these things going on? Now, normally in this day and age, you stayed with your family. I mean, that was your workplace. That's where you lived the rest of your life. Now, do you think Joseph would look forward to staying with that family? His father, 
one good thing was his father loved him a lot. But his brothers were making life absolutely miserable. What was he going to do? Is that all he had to look forward to? His brothers constantly picking on him and making his life uncomfortable. It didn't look very promising. And so, I'm reading into this story, but Joseph's father was a man of faith. I believe Joseph, we see, he was a man of integrity. He loved God. I believe he was seeking God. What is going on here? What do you have for me? I, it doesn't look too good as a start in life as a 17-year-old. And so, God gave Joseph a dream. Now, dreams come in many ways. Here's what Joseph's first dream was. He says, he, We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Well, your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. And so in this case, Joseph had a literal dream. He fell asleep at night and God spoke to Joseph through a dream. He remembered it the next morning. He knew it was from God. He was all excited about it. He told his brothers. I'm not sure if that was the wisest thing to do, but it's what happened. Okay? The Bible doesn't say if it was good or bad. I think he was just excited. And he told his brothers. Now, dreams come from God in many different ways. As I said before, it's not just when we lie down and have a dream at night. Uh, in every dream you have at night, let me be clear to say that, is not... From God necessarily. Okay? So don't come to me to interpret all your dreams. I, <laughs> I probably don't want to hear them. So uh, if it's from God, you'll know it's from God. God will let you know. I'd say most of our dreams are not from God. Just because it's a dream doesn't mean it's from God. But dreams come from God in other ways other than in our sleep. Sometimes God uses his word as we read the Bible God will speak to us through his Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible gives us general principles. It doesn't give us specific guidance per se. I mean, it doesn't say take job A and not job B. You're not going to find that in the Bible. But as you read the Bible, you'll find some principles. And as you see these principles, you may be able to compare job A with job B. And you will sense God's Holy Spirit saying, I, I really want you to take job B. And so as we read, God will speak to us. Sometimes God speaks to us through the voice of friends. We get the counsel of other people, particularly godly people. Church leaders, relatives. Might even be something we read. God will speak to us and can speak to us through many ways. Sometimes God speaks to us through circumstances. And we need to have ears to hear God communicating his dream, his plan, his purpose for our lives. And so be listening to the voice of God. Wherever it may come from and always believe that God has a plan. Sometimes people just kind of get freaked out. I don't know what to do. But if you remember, God has a plan. All you have to do is discover that plan. There's always a next step. Just you have to find it. And God wants you to know that next step. And God will help you find that next step. God wants you to know his dream for your life. And so dreams come to those who are following God. So Joseph told his dream to his brothers about his sheaf standing up and the other sheaves bowing down. And so his brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? 
And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. Now at this time, Joseph, while well, Joseph was the second to the last born child, and at the time of this dream, I'm, I'm not even sure, uh, I don't think his, correct me if I'm wrong, I should know this, but I don't think his younger brother Benjamin was born at this time. And so he was the very youngest brother. And so his older brothers, I mean, in those days, the oldest brothers always were the top of the pecking order. And so for them to bow down to him was just unthinkable to them. Now, Joseph didn't even tell his brothers the interpretation. They figured it out all by themselves. And yet, God gave that dream to Joseph. And we'll see, as we go through the story of Joseph, that eventually his dream was fulfilled. His brothers did bow down to him. Many, many years later. And so God gives specific guidance like this to those who are following God's general principles in their lives. We see throughout the story of Joseph that Joseph was a man of integrity, that Joseph followed godly principles, that Joseph was a man of faith. And when you're practicing the basics as a believer, you're walking with God, you've prepared yourself to receive greater details of God's plan for your life. If you're just off doing your own thing, not following God, doing things you know are wrong, you're really not putting yourself in a position to hear clearly from God. So dreams come to those following God. So we've talked a little bit as we apply these principles to our lives about how God wants to give us dreams for our careers. Now, the second part of your life that God has a dream for, I'll call, is your ministry. What is your ministry? Well, as a believer, your ministry is the area in life in which you're serving God in your church family. In God's Word, your church family is a very important part of your life. It's not just something you do on Sunday mornings. It's, it's something that you're a part of. Your ministry will suit your abilities. It will suit your spiritual gifts that you have from God. And in your ministry, you help others become believers and help them to grow in their Christian walk with God. Help them to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us, it's a whole other teaching, but that the church is like a body. And each of the members is like parts of the body. And as each member, as each part of the body carries out its ministry, does what it's supposed to do, then the whole body grows and functions and reaches many more people for Jesus. And so if you're a believer here this morning, then God has a dream for your ministry. And your ministry can change and evolve with time. Many people do many things with their ministries, but God has plans and purposes for you in that. And as you seek Him, He'll show you. And God wants you to grow and develop in your ministries. It's not just a static thing. Whatever your ministry is, God wants you to continue to grow in that ministry so that you can be used more effectively for Him in ministry. And so God gives dreams in that area as well. God wants us to hold on to our dreams. Back to the story of Joseph. Then he, speaking of Joseph, had another dream. He told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. So Joseph had a second dream. Why did he have a second dream? 
Well, I believe the Bible says that something is confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. This second dream really confirmed this to Joseph, that this was from God, that God had spoken. And so the second dream confirmed the first, and it added a few more details, right? The brothers were the stars, and who was the sun and moon? Well, it was his father and mother. And so these two dreams indicated that one day, Joseph, almost the youngest member of the family, would rise to a position of leadership. And in that position of leadership, his brothers and even his parents would bow down to him. Now, Joseph didn't know all the details of what was going to happen, but in fact, Joseph was going to save basically his whole family, which was at that time really the nation of Israel. He was going to save them all from a famine and save many people as a great leader in Egypt. The fulfillment of that dream was many, many years away. And the path to that dream's fulfillment would take many, many crooked turns. But one day it would come to pass. Dreams always face opposition. Verse 10, when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? So even Joseph's father Jacob thought this dream was a bit arrogant. He rebuked his son. And so Joseph's dream faced opposition. It faced a challenge. And every dream from God is going to face opposition. The enemy, Satan, will use even good people, even members of your own family, even friends, to attempt to dissuade you from pursuing God's dream for your life. For every dream from God, there's a plan of Satan to keep that dream from being fulfilled. There is an evil plan to make the dreamer believe that his dream is impossible. That his dream cannot possibly be fulfilled. The devil wants to make us give up on our dreams. Our dreams from God. And so you must tightly hold on to your God-given dreams. In fact, that's really the message of this whole message series. Keep your dream alive. Don't give up on the dream that God has for your life. Because just because God has a dream for your life doesn't mean it's going to be fulfilled. Many people miss out on God's dream for their lives because they give up. They stop believing. Your dream is meant to encourage you. His brothers, in verse 11, were jealous with him, but his father kept the matter in mind. I think perhaps his father Jacob thought back, well, I had a dream once, and it was fulfilled. And so maybe there's something here. I'm going to file it away in my memory. I'm going to keep praying for my son Joseph. And maybe something's going to come of it. Now why does God give people dreams? Why does God often give dreams during times of change or just before times of change? And part of the answer is that God-given dreams can encourage you to keep you going on. To keep you moving forward. To keep you going even when the going gets tough. God-given dreams help you to see the big picture. You know, often we get caught up in the little details of life. But God wants us to see the big picture, the end goal. To help us not give up when we face opposition, when things seem not to be working out the way we think they should. In Scripture, more times than not, dreams and visions are given to people before they encounter a test of faith. 
because God wants to encourage them when they hit this wall, they can remember that dream and they're able to go right through instead of giving up. Hold on to your dream and don't give up. The very last area we need to seek God's dream for is our families. Our families. If you're single, most likely God has a dream for a spouse for you to marry. I believe God is the great matchmaker. He's the one who chooses who we are to marry. Now, we certainly have a place in that, but we need to recognize his dream for us. God spoke to both Carol and myself before we started dating that we would be married to one another. Now, I'm not saying that's a norm. I'm just saying that's what happened to us. And it was kind of a shock to both of us. <laughs> we won't get into that whole story. But... Um, after we were engaged, we, you know, we didn't, I didn't go up to her and say, you know, God told me, you know, you don't do that, okay? <laughs> After we were engaged, and she said yes, then we shared. And it was amazing that God had spoken to both of us, that we were one day going to be married. God had brought us together. Now, God has a dream for how you and your family are going to serve him together. His dream determines how many children you're to have, how you're to raise them to follow the Lord. And not just your children, but your children's children, your grandchildren. God has a dream for your participation in the extended family. Commit yourself to God's dream for your family. You have a part to play. Persist in that dream, even in the face of challenges, and God will help you keep that dream alive. Today we're talking about God-given dreams. God always gives you everything you need to fulfill his dream that he has for you. Even though you say, I can't do that. Well, you can't do that by yourself. But with God's help, you can. Many people fail to fulfill God's dreams. They give up. But today I want to encourage everybody here. If you have a dream from God, God wants you to renew your commitment to that dream. If there's an area of your life where you don't have a dream from God and you just don't know what to do, you're not sure what God's plan is in that area, seek Him. Begin to seek Him. Begin to write down, God, what is your dream for me in my schooling? What is your dream for me in my career? What is your dream for me in my ministry? What is your dream for me in my family? God can give you a dream in any area of your life. Perhaps you're struggling to break free of some area of bondage in your life. Something that you know is not right or something that's damaging to you and God wants to give you a dream there of freedom. God wants to give you a dream of healing. Hold on to that dream. When you have a dream from God, you'll have hope for a great future. In order to have a God-given dream, you really need to have committed your life to Jesus Christ. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to commit or to recommit your life to God and His dream for your life. To begin that relationship with God, you need to admit that you've done wrong things. You know, the ultimate wrong thing is to be pursuing your dream for your life and not God's dream for your life. That's the ultimate sin. And that's what we've all been doing until we come to Jesus Christ. Secondly, believe that Jesus died to forgive your sins, your self-centered ways, your self-centered following of what you want to do and not what God wants you to do. Jesus came to forgive that and to replace those things in your life 
with something good, with something wonderful, God's plan and dream. And finally, commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior and following his dream for your life. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you've never prayed a prayer like this or you want to recommit your life, I'd encourage you to do that. Say, Father, today I admit that I've done wrong things. I've, I've been doing what I wanted to do in life and I haven't been considering your plan and dream for my life. Please forgive me for the wrong things that I've done. I believe that Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. I thank you that he lives and I commit myself to following him and his dream for my life. I acknowledge him as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name.